Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a, always a pleasure to have you with us. And my next guest is Garrett Mott from Hanson Bridget. He's an attorney, and we're you know we're going to talk about you know a lot of a lot of you listening might be senior in your careers and looking for exit strategies in your businesses, but many of you are probably building second homes, doing remodels, or generally working around or in the construction industry. So today, what we're going to talk about with Garrett is tips and secrets to navigating construction in California. So Garrett, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Bill. This is a great platform. I, I was listening in on uh, Lisa's presentation with you. I I really found some words of wisdom in there. So thank you for allowing us to have this platform to speak with you today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And I noted that you're, uh, as I am, a member of Provisors, which is which means that you're well networked, in uh, especially in <laughs> Southern California. But that means that uh, for anybody listening, if if you have uh, a need for uh, top professional advisors in a variety of different areas. Garrett's a good person to talk with. But Garrett, tell me about Hanson, Bridget, and you, and what you what you do for um, your clients. Let's start there. Uh, happy to. So first, uh, Hanson, Bridget, we're a regional size law firm. We're about 200 attorneys. We handle everything that a firm of that size would handle: corporate law, uh, mergers and acquisitions, intellectual property cases, and then uh, what I handle, which is construction and real estate. Uh, our firm is currently ranked as the number one law firm in construction law in California. We're very proud of that. Uh, we handle everything from the largest construction projects in the state, uh, San Onofre Nuclear Power Plant, Metro Stations in LA, Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, uh, down to very small projects, which is sort of what we're here to talk about today. Um, you know, individual homeowners, small contractors, uh, local business owners, that, that's sort of my niche that I, that I prefer to work with. Well, that's a pretty big range of uh, projects. It is. <laughs> there, there's, it a is. Lot, there's a lot going on in the construction in area in Southern California. There's always stuff going on in the smaller spectrum, but some of the big projects are, must, be, must keep your firm uh, very, very busy. They do. The, the, the largest projects that we have uh, right now, I mean, you can run a team of 10 lawyers on them and might not even be staffed up enough. Uh, they're, they're significant projects. Many of them are in the nine, potentially 10 figure range um, if you're looking at large public projects. Uh, but the, mm -hmm. the smaller projects, uh, you know, when you're dealing with local contractors, those, the reason I find those so interesting is most of the public works projects, they're done by very large international or national sized contractors who 
they know all the rules, they have in-house counsel, they might have a, a full compliance team, but a lot of the local contractors or you know individuals like some of your listeners, they've really mm-hmm. never dealt with construction law before, and there's a lot of nuances, especially in a you know home improvement contract level or um, you know building a brand new home. There, there's a lot of things that people just don't think about when uh, when issues relating to those two subjects arise. Yeah, there are, and of course, uh, when you overlook certain things, then then uh, that's where the problems come in. What is the what's the number one issue that you see overlooked in your practice? Number one, uh, that's going to be in home improvement contracts. So, for small time contractors, local guys who are doing remodeling, maybe for some of your listeners here, uh, maybe they're getting a new addition put onto their home, maybe they're doing some work in their kitchen or they've got a pool out back that they want to add or a pergola or something. Those type of contracts uh, are particularly uh, difficult to deal with for both the contractor and uh, the owner. And the reason is because California, like California does, has a lot of draconian rules around them that I would say less than 1% of contractors actually adhere to. And I'll, and I'll give you a good example. Uh, many of your listeners have probably done a remodel before, and when they're doing a remodel, the contractor will ask them a couple questions, and one of them will be about a down payment. Uh, and maybe the down payment is 20% of the purchase price uh, for whatever remodel they're doing, or maybe it's $10,000 or something like that. All of those mm-hmm. type of down payments, they're all illegal. Um, you can't have a down payment more than $1,000 which a lot of people don't know. I mean, people will pay these contractors exorbitant rates up front without any work being done, and they just don't know that that's not, that's not proper. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a couple other rules, too, on home improvement projects. You'll see, for example, contractors will uh, – do you know what a change order is, Bill? Have you, have you heard that term before, mm-hmm. a change order? Sure. Mm-hmm. So a change yeah. order on a job, um, you know, typically what happens is is, a, is an owner, like one of your listeners, would uh, execute a change order uh, with a contractor, but they don't really know, the, the change order doesn't spell out exactly what the contractor is doing, and then the contractor comes back to the owner and says, oh, I need a little bit more, I need more time or more money, and eventually the original job that the person had the contractor doing explodes, right, and that's where you usually get problems. Right. Uh, it's not change orders, but there, there's actually specific rules that provide what the contractor is and is not allowed to do, and virtually none of them follow any of the rules. And so California set up this scheme to uh, help consumers and owners uh, on these type of construction projects, but in reality, the consumers don't know about the rules and the contractors don't. So uh, it's, it's a very unfortunate situation that leads to a lot of disputes in my experience. Wow. <laughs> well, th- those are both eye-opening uh, 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 problems and issues. What what if someone's already paid their contractor? Let's say a listener is, is already in process. They don't want to they don't want to make the uh, contractor mad, um, and they've already given them ten thousand dollars as an example as a down payment. Um, mm-hmm. What what kind of I mean what kind of remedies, or is it, is it just better to overlook it at this point and, and catch them the next time? Well, um, there's a couple things. First, uh, it's it's good to know that when we're talking about remedies, the statute I'm talking about, um, it actually provides for criminal liability, interestingly enough, 
for violating these mm -hmm. rules. Now, it, I, I rarely see that happen, but that's actually what the statute provides, is criminal liability and also for disciplinary rules relating to their license. Um, what I would suggest that your listeners do if they currently have a contract and it might potentially violate one of these rules is they should either re they should reach out to an attorney first and figure out if they in fact are violating those rules. Um, and second, figure out if it's actually causing them any harm. Because in the law, uh, the most important thing that we need to figure out is what the harm is, what the damages are, and then go from there. So if there's there's really no harm. They put the $10,000 down. It violates the statute. Maybe the contractor has a problem. Uh, but you're right. There's always business considerations uh, when dealing with these sorts of things. And if it's going to damage the relationship, you know, that's something you need to consider. Yeah, and I've been in that situation before where you're sitting down with uh, the contractors and, and, you know, they're you're spelling out what's going to happen. And a lot of times... Um, you don't think, well, I better go have an attorney reviews, review this. But depending on the size of what you're having done, that could be a big mistake by not having a trained eye take a look at these things first, is what you're saying. Absolutely. I, you know, it's very interesting because most people are very wary of lawyers. They don't want lawyers to get involved because it, uh, it ups the urgency on some people to get things done, and it also makes them a little bit more cautious. But in reality, when you get lawyers involved early on, especially on a larger project, um, you know, if you're going to do a, a significant remodel on your house, a lawyer should be looking at that contract. Um, just like I would advise any of our large public works clients, it's the same thing for a smaller client. They need to have contracts looked at because things can be buried, things can be missed. And I'll give you a really good example. Um, I have a small local contractor you know, he's he's maybe doing $10 million a year in business, so he's pretty small compared to some of our larger clients. And, you know, he doesn't have a arbitration clause or an attorney's fees provision in his contract, which a lot of small business owners don't have those provisions in their contracts, and they probably should. And because mm -hmm. he doesn't have those in there, when we went into litigation, now he's going to have to pay the fees even if we win. But if we won and he had an attorney's fees provision in there, we would be able to recoup the fees. And it, it just creates uh, a level of certainty for the contractor or for the owner, that, for that matter, uh, when they're able to have their contract reviewed by a lawyer. And peace of mind, too. Yeah, of course, nobody goes into these types of situations. Everybody's excited because we're going to get something built or something done or, you know, we're going to get an improvement. And people don't tend to think about... Um, what if it goes wrong? How often? Right. I, I don't know. How often does it go wrong? Let me just, let me just you know, start <laughs> uh, with that. How often do you think it goes you, wrong? You know, I think um, I think it's it's a sliding scale, and it depends on whether or not a lawyer was involved in the beginning. My uh, my personal preference, while I am a construction litigator, and about eighty percent of my practice is working on litigation. My preference would be to get involved in a project early, draft the contract documents, and work as more of a facilitator of the project. And I find that when that occurs, it's virtually never that there's a, dis there's a dispute. Because the parties have their expectations set early on. Mm -hmm. And I think what mm -hmm. happens is, is when those expectations are not set early on with a, with a neutral, a, a lawyer who comes in and, and helps out on the project, that's where all the big issues come. And all of my largest disputes right now, hundreds of millions of dollar disputes, all involve 
situations where a lawyer was not involved early on in the project and there was uh, contractual issues, there were communication issues, uh, and, and that's ultimately mm -hmm. what causes a lot of these disputes, which truly could be resolved early on if if uh, people just yeah. uh, worked on, on the contracts early on. So, so, Garrett, what I think I hear you saying is that uh, by having um, the contractor on notice right from the start that there's an attorney involved in watching over this, it automatically or or it substantially puts them on their best uh, behavior, if you will, for for knowing that <clears throat> it you know this isn't somebody I can take advantage of. This isn't some uh, uh, some person that's like you know I, I would imagine most small contractors and most small jobs they're like you know you always hear about they're they're on the job. They they start to do some work and then you don't see you don't see them for weeks, right? That's kind of the common uh, home improvement contractor scenario. Where did they go? <laughs> Very <laughs> you know, much. But, but what and you're saying situation. is, if mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that situation you described is the exact situation that we're talking about. Where uh, I I bet dollars to donuts that that type of situation that you're describing has no contract, or even if it did have a contract, the contract is not compliant with anything. That contract should have a detailed schedule and a payment plan that's set out over a certain amount of weeks. And so that the contractor needs to be done by this day and he's got eight weeks and he's going to get paid weekly every single week for the amount of time that he completes the job. No, no contractors do that. They usually do uh, their contracts on a full lump sum basis and they'll get paid up front, you know, a certain, a certain percentage. That's that's the incorrect way to approach a home remodel. And it's it's really not the way to how you incentivize people, right? If you want to incentivize mm -hmm. behavior, you need to incentivize that behavior slowly over time. If you incentivize them by giving them 20% up front and they haven't done a single thing, uh, you know, that's it's going to lead to the exact situation you're describing. Well, that's terrific. You know, and I, don't, I have no idea where the saying comes from, but it reminds me that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, but that's right. now, how how else? You know, because sometimes people are like, "Yeah, but I just don't want to." You know, I don't feel like I'm going to. I never get anything out of my attorney relationship. Um, but how do you guys add value to your clients' relationships? I think the the easiest way that that we can add value is by doing exactly what I described, which is coming in early. Uh, I'll tell you that if I come in early and I'm able to revise a contract or review a contract or set parties' expectations early, you can save tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. In, mm -hmm. in some cases, in these larger projects, millions of dollars. I mean, we mm -hmm. we're currently in litigation on a uh, metro case right now that could have been resolved early on, I mean, years ago, but there were no lawyers involved. And now uh, each side is paying hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in attorney's fees. Uh, the the case is a eight-figure case. Um, it's it, it could have all been resolved in the beginning. So I do understand mm -hmm. how, how most people are wary of lawyers and they're wary of the cost, but ultimately, like you said, uh, upfront prevention will save you a lot of time, a lot of headache, and ultimately, uh, when you get into a dispute, what I've seen is uh, people really dislike litigation, and when it comes to that, you know, you're getting deposed, that's worth every dollar that you save. Nobody wants to be deposed. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It's not fun being cross-examined on the stand, 
it's not fun having to a answer a bunch of questions uh, by an attorney who is your opponent on the other side and being sworn under oath. Right. Uh, all, all of those things, uh, you know, if you can save that up front, the cost, whatever it is, is totally worth it. So, uh, for on the based on the number of, let's go back to our our listener audience that's doing remodels or doing some construction on their office building or whatever it happens to be. On the number of contracts that you see come across your desk, do every mm -hmm. one of them need at least some basic modifications? Everyone, everyone. Mm -hmm. I've never, mm -hmm. I have never come across a contract, even in large corporate settings, that don't need assistance. Um, and that's, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why. Um, just like your listeners who are specialists in their field, lawyers mm -hmm. have separate specialties. So you can't just go to your friend who happens to be a criminal law lawyer and ask him to review a contract about construction law. He's going to have no, you might as well just ask the local baker. It, it would be the same yeah. thing. Same thing yeah. if somebody came to me and asked me a question about family law. I have no idea. Um, you shouldn't ask me any questions about that. I can certainly refer you, like you mentioned, in ProVisors. It's a great networking opportunity to refer you to a specialist. But right. you know, because of that situation, because of how lawyers are specialized, even in-house lawyers, many of whom are uh, former corporate guys uh, or transactional folks, they, they have no idea what they're dealing with when they're dealing with sophisticated contract documents uh, in construction cases. So ultimately, yeah, um, no. everything that comes across great my advice. desk... You need you need to be looked at by a specialist, just like how your listeners, maybe some of them are specialized in, you know, so, uh, they have a solar business or they have something, uh, mm -hmm. maybe they have a plumbing business or something like that. I wouldn't go to yep. the solar guy to talk about plumbing and vice versa. Yeah, it's it's a it's not a good thing to try to work on your own plumbing if you don't know what you're doing. You'll <laughs> you'll be making an emergency call pretty quickly. And it's good advice, exactly. you know. Most of us, when we look at a contract, we can find a typo. That's about as far as we should go on that. <laughs> Other than that, you know, the, the way things are worded could get you into a lot of trouble. And just knowing some of these things about the the limits on change orders and the down payment that's that's those are brilliant uh, starters uh, for people that can save them money right out of the gate. So yeah, uh, let's move on real quickly. We got a couple minutes left. What do you like to do in your spare time? So I'm an, I'm an outdoors guy. I, I grew up uh, in the country, so I really enjoy uh, skiing. Uh, snow skiing is, is sort of my thing. I also uh, enjoy sports shooting. Uh, I've been a shooter for a long time. And then just generally hiking. I, I live up uh, in the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, I really mm -hmm. love getting you know connected with nature uh, seeing wild animals, it's, it's a very special thing for me, especially in, as you probably know, dealing with a lot of lawyers, it's a desk job and it's a lot of writing. Um, when yeah. you get out to see nature, it's, it's such a, uh, a great difference from the pace of life of being a lawyer. So I, I, I appreciate that very much. Well, you live in a wonderful place where there's a lot to do all the time. You can ch certainly change up your scenery and that's, that's what's one thing that's, uh, fun about uh, living in this area. Um, so what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, Garrett? So I'm, a, I'm very responsive on both email and phone. So my email is gmott, M-O-T-T, -T, at Hanson, that's H-A-N-S-O-N, Bridget, B-R-I-D-G-E-T-T, -T dot com. Or you can just call me on my line. That's 213-395-7623. 
I'm uh, regularly available. And what I like about your firm, from for our listeners, is that you're not so huge that the, you know they're they're going to be uh, in shock when they see their fees. But you you have a breadth of knowledge in the business uh, M and A and intellectual property and construction and real estate areas. That means uh, that uh, they can they can basically work with the firm in a variety of different areas. And uh, you've certainly brought a lot of great tips and ideas to our listeners today, and I appreciate that. And uh, look forward to the next time uh, we get to speak. Garrett, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 